God is good, amen. And it is good to be in His house because this is His house. And we, as His people, look to Him, trust Him for all things. I'd like to ask you this morning, are you truly trusting God with your life? With all of your life? Trusting Him in every way? Are you trusting the Lord? We are in part two of our sermon series, Timeless Truths for All Seasons. And we need timeless truths in the truthless times that we live in. We need those truths that promise hope, that give us security in the world that we live in. And last week, we were reminded from Psalm 34, verse 7, the timeless truth that the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. We talked about that great blessing in fearing the Lord and the deliverance that it brings, both in the physical realm and for sure in the spiritual realm. In Psalm 31, we saw the great blessings that flow into a woman's life, a mother's life, a wife's life, who fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to stand in awe of God, to adore Him, to worship Him, to honor Him, to serve Him, and to let His praise be on your lips. Are you trusting the Lord with all of your life, every bit of your life? How do you answer How do you answer? Well, this morning we come to another timeless truth that's found in the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah is such a a wonderful piece of Scripture in the Old Testament. Many call it the miniature Bible because like the Bible having 66 books, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. The book of Isaiah has 66 chapters. And the first 39 really focus on the law and God's proclamation to His people about being faithful, about abandoning Him and those consequences. It's a call to repentance as we come to Isaiah chapter 40. And then we see the messianic prophecy of the promise of Jesus' coming, of His virgin birth, of His life, of His teaching, of His shepherding, and ultimately His death. Isaiah is known as the Prince of Prophets because he said so many wonderful truths that God had given him. And this morning... As we talk about this timeless truth, I hope that it blesses your life. And I direct it again, since it is Mother's Day, to say to you mothers, while it's important for all of us, but mothers, 
as Justin has said, you have such an impact on your children and your grandchildren. And the essence of this passage of Scripture today just needs to flow out of your life as best you can to allow it to cover them so that they will have a blessed life as well. So we start in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. The Scripture says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, He increases strength. So, before this passage of Scripture, God says of Himself, I am the everlasting God, and I never grow weary. And it is the everlasting God, who never grows weary or tired, that says to his people that he will give them power so they won't grow faint. He will give them strength so that they will have power. And he will increase them in every way in the world that they live in. Now you have to understand, Isaiah is writing this to The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom of Israel, have been off into captivity under the Assyrian Empire because they've not listened to God. And now they are under the yoke and the slavery of this hostile empire. And they are burdened. And they are weary. And they are tired. But the Babylonian Empire will soon conquer the southern kingdom of Israel and enslave them, put the yoke upon them, and they will be burdened, grow weary, and be tired. And it's out of those circumstances in the people of God's lives that God is saying, I've not abandoned you. But you are paying the penalty for your sin of abandoning me. And these are the consequences of turning away and not walking with me. And that was the Old Testament. But the reality is, and the spiritual principle is, that when you abandon your God... He disciplines His people. And in that discipline, no matter how long it may take being disciplined, people grow weary and tired. And when you grow weary and tired, you lose patience pretty quick. You can become extra sensitive You become discouraged, you become depressed, you feel like giving up, throwing your hands, throwing in the towel. And and I just want us to capture this essence of God's people because of their own lack of following obediently their God. They've put themselves in this place that they don't want to be. And the result is 
they are exhausted, drained, and out of energy. And Isaiah, speaking to those people, say for God, look, it is God who will give you strength. It is your God who can give you power. It is your God who can give you might. And He will do that, but you have to return to Him. Are you tired? I don't know about you, but even in the Christian faith, I hit those times where I just feel tired. You just run and you go and you hurry and you do and uh, you just find yourself growing weary and growing tired. And it really is through experience that we learn that whenever we look back to the Lord, that He revives us, that He renews us, that He gives us strength for the next day. Are you tired? Are you weary? Look to the Lord. In verse 30, he says, Even youth shall faint and be weary. When I read a passage like that, I really do think of my grandsons. Because at three and five, it seems like they just have endless energy. They can just go and go and play and swing me and take me out of the swing and put me back in the swing and swing me some more. And it's like, aren't you tired? I I just, I don't want to swing anymore. You know, I just, I want to sit down. Oh, please, please, Papa, swing me. Swing, swing. But you know, after you've played with them all day and just done your best to run them in the ground, 7.30 after their baths, they are knocked out and not waking up until the sun rises in the morning. When we babysit our grandsons, uh, I should say when my wife babysits our grandsons and, and I'm there to play a little bit, It's like when 7.30 p.m. comes, it's like, oh, thank you, God, because you're just tired. But that's the way so much of our, our jobs can make us tired. Our relationships can make us tired. Our own desires can wear us out. Even youths shall faint And be weary, says Isaiah, and young men shall fall exhausted. We all know that this is true. True in our own experience. But then look at verse 31, the timeless truth for all seasons. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. There's many Bible translations that say those who hope in the Lord, hope, will renew their strength. That's really not the best word. It's a word that's included in the Hebrew word of wait, but wait really is the best word. Those who Wait for the Lord will renew their strength. 
I just want us to sort of camp out in this passage of Scripture. Because there's a lot of people, even in the Christian community, that are waiting for something or something, but they're waiting for it without the Lord. Because when you look at people's lives as they wait and hope and desire something or some person, they they try to do it on their own. They don't get it. They hope it's going to happen soon, but it doesn't. Where do I go to school? Do I get accepted into this school? Will I get that job? No one's really responding to me. What about this relationship that I would desire to have? What about the relationship that I'm in? God, I want you to change this. God, I want you to do that. It's not happening. I'm going to make it happen. Isn't that what Abraham did with Sarah? God promises Abraham that he'll have a child by Sarah, but Abraham goes with the help and guidance of Sarah, and decides to do it his own way, instead of waiting on the Lord. One of the things that I know that's true from this passage is if you want to be revived and renewed when you are weary and tired emotionally and mentally and even physically, if you want to be revived you're going to have, in your individual situations, wait on the Lord. Now, Isaiah is telling the people of Israel that's off in captivity to a hostile nation, wait on the Lord where you are. I know you don't want to be where you are, but you've put yourself there. So wait on the Lord Because the Lord can work in your life wherever you are, whatever circumstance you are in, whatever you are hoping for, if it's a godly thing and of God, just wait on the Lord. You could say that about people's health. What am I going to do with my health? I've been diagnosed with this disease. I have this sickness. Lord, are are you going to heal me? And when are you going to bring healing in my life? So this word wait is a culmination of two words. One, it is to stand still and to be looking at the Lord. And the other is an anticipation of what will happen in God's time. So... I think probably the best way to capture what it's not is a farmer doesn't wait on the Lord to plow his ground, to sow his seed, and then harvest it. The farmer prays to God, looks to God, Lord, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do what you've given me to do with my life. I'm going to serve you faithfully in the process. So I'm going to plow and till the ground. I'm going to sow the seed and I'm going to pray for rain and wait for you to deliver it. And I'm just going to trust you as I look to you that that's what you will do. But not just to sit and wait for God to do it. That's not what wait means. Wait means. 
to have this expectation and anticipation of what's going to happen. But it also has this element of however long I have to sit and continually serve and be faithful to God, no matter where I am in life, I will do that until the Lord delivers me. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You sit and you are in hospitals often, or at least I am, and you see families devastated as they lose someone they love in an untimely way. I saw that a few weeks back when I got a call from Texas. Patrick, could you go visit my my cousin? Uh, and he's not doing well. A few days ago, they saw a spot, a bruise on his shoulder. He went into the hospital Friday, and they diagnosed it with leukemia, and it was aggressive leukemia, and uh, he's got this skin-eating disease that's affecting him out of this process. They treated him. He reacted to the treatment. And I'm there Sunday as the wife comes out and says they're going to disconnect him. Within two or three minutes, he will pass. And you just see, he's 45 years old. He's got a six-year-old son and a 12-year-old son. And you see the heavy burden in people's lives whenever they lose someone they love that they've been praying for. Lord, please heal, please heal. But the Lord's answer was, I'm bringing him home. So as you wait on the Lord, it is important for us to get it right in our minds and in our spirits that God will deliver Sometimes He delivers us physically and healing happens. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes He delivers us from a job that we just can't stand to be in anymore. And sometimes He keeps us there for years. But the point is, we look to Him. We wait. We are faithful. We trust. We do hope in. Knowing that God promises deliverance. Whether it's in this world or in the world to come. I'm telling you. If you feel tired and spiritually exhausted and drained. You might want to truly look to. Are you trying to do it yourself? Or are you resting in the assurance with the anticipation and the expectation that God is going to deliver you in His time and His way that's perfect for your life. And can you be long-suffering? And can you persevere? Because the Lord would bring back the exiles out of Assyria and, and Babylon. They would eventually get back. What are the things that you and I wait for? Are they spiritual things? What are you waiting for of the spiritual nature? 
Are you waiting for someone that you've been praying for to come to the Lord? To really be convicted and contrite in their spirit because of however God is working through you and other people just to speak to their spirit and for them to look to the Lord and make a decision to walk in the fear of the Lord. Are you waiting for that? That's, that's a spiritual thing. Sometimes we give up praying for people like, well, it, it's not happened in the last five years. It's probably not going to happen. Pray. Pray. What other things do we wait for as believers spiritually? Well, don't we in one sense wait for the coming of salvation? I mean, if you're his, you're saved. If you're his, you belong to him. But there's another aspect in which we're waiting for that great day. We're waiting for that last trumpet sound when the dead are caught up in the air and raised to life. We wait for that. But while we wait for that great day and all that it will mean to us as believers, we live in this world, we lose people, we lose jobs, relationships fall apart, our body falls apart, we grow weak and tired, and the only thing that renews us is the trust that we have, the hope that we have, the waiting we have, knowing that God is faithful and will deliver us, and therefore we keep our eyes fixed on those timeless truths that that trumpet will sound, heaven will empty, the angels will be led by the Son of God, and we will be gathered to Him, and salvation will be fully ours. I can wait for that day, but I know in my heart, waiting for that day, more than likely, I'm going to see a lot of people that I love Pass along the way. Some of that are closest to me. Maybe even untimely deaths. But knowing that they know the Lord. Knowing that they are His. Knowing the promise that we will be reunited. Not hoping for it with no reason to really have anticipation and expectation, but hoping for it in the sense that I know it's mine. I just don't have it yet. There's a lot of things people hope for that they're never going to see because it's not based on any promise or truth from God. They're just sort of, it's a blind hope. I hope some of this stuff happens. I hope I get this. I hope I get that. I hope I do this. I hope I do that. But it's nothing more than hope that probably is not going to come to fruition in a person's life. But with God, His promises we cling to and stand on. And so we patiently wait for what He's promised. Another spiritual hope not only is to be gathered to the Lord but the hope of having a new spiritual body, a heavenly body, a body like the body of Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful hope and promise from our God? That your back may ache and the cortisone injections may take the pain away for the while. 
your eyes may grow dim. You may not be able to hear like you used to hear. You may not have all of your teeth like you once did when you were young. You may be stooped over. You may shuffle to get around as life progresses. But you know that He has promised you salvation and it's yours. You know that you're going to be caught up with Him in the air. You know that He is going to give you a new glorious spiritual body. And I can wait for that. Even if I get so old and get dementia or Alzheimer's and don't even know my name or who I am or the people around me, I don't have to know because I know He knows me. He remembers me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. And that's all I need to know now. Because even when I don't know things in my heart and in my spirit, I know what He's promised. And that is what I am staking my personal life on. Because I believe the Word of God is the final authority. It comes from God. It's breathed out of God. It is His Word. It is His Word that is truth. It is His Word that He's made known through the apostles and the prophets, and it is the cornerstone on which we stand as we look to Jesus Christ and all that He's told us. Another spiritual truth that I wait for, that once I have salvation full, and once I have the spiritual body, and once I'm back with all the loved ones died in the Lord, and that's important, died in the Lord, never again will this spirit that lives within me have sadness. Never again will I grieve. Never again will I hurt. Never again will I want for anything. Never again will I cry. Never again will I be afraid. The blessing of God for those that are in the house of heaven before the great white throne of God is the promise that all things, all things will be made new. So moms, grandmas, parents, church family, small group leaders, elders, deacons, members, Are you waiting on the Lord? Because He is the one and the only one that can sustain you. Do you know, uh, and I'm just speaking from personal example, I know the same is true for you. In my life, it's Danielle, Ashley, and Jabez, and and now Jonathan and those three sweet grandsons. You know, they're just, uh, I just love them. So very much. And uh, there's nothing quite like one of your grandchildren saying something like, you know, Papa, I love you so much. You know, there's nothing quite like that or your wife comforting you or encouraging you. It just, it, it, it brings, you know, what joy there is and, 
in having those relationships where we are encouraged along the way. Like the church, brothers and sisters are told in the book of Hebrews to encourage each other along the way as you see the great day approaching. But as great as all that is from those grandsons and my wife and my children, nothing is as precious to me as the comfort and the promise and the voice and the words that come from God and His Holy Word. And I hope that's where you find yourself. I'll take it from the ones I love. But I want to hear it from the Lord. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have served me faithfully. You have waited upon me. And that's why I have renewed your strength throughout your life. So, wherever you are in life, whatever's going on in your life, no matter how hectic your life is, no matter what you want to accomplish, no matter what you hope for, I'm simply asking you to take that step of faith that looks up to God and says, I trust you, I hope in you, and I, your child, will wait on you faithfully until you either return or you call me home. I love you, Heavenly Father, more than my life itself. May you be blessed and may this timeless truth that God renews the strength of those who wait on Him be a true blessing in your heart and your mind and your spirit. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, as we continue to worship you for all of your goodness, especially, Lord, how you work for us and fight for us and defend us and fill us with peace and strength, we just ask you, Lord, to renew us as a church family, renew us as individual believers. And Father, if there's anyone here that's not waiting on you, we pray that your spirit will truly prick their heart and they will take that first step of faith to take your hand and commit their lives to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our hope for all times. Amen. If you're ready to give your life to the Lord, if the Spirit is so moving you, I'm going to be down here today. There's prayer teams that will be willing to pray for you and your specific need. But if you're ready to confess the name of Jesus, if you're ready to take the step of repentance, if you're ready to take the step of baptism, to be baptized into His name out of obedience, do you know the Scriptures tell us in Acts 2.38, Repent! And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin. And you will receive the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit. May God move your hearts to respond to His truth for your life. Let us sing as we stand together.